0: Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. This episode is so good. It is with my friend Lisa. She is the founder of The New New, and she was born and raised in Boston. She is a city girl that moved to Atlanta in 2017, and she is incredibly passionate about access to healthy food, water, beauty, consumer goods, and more. She's really on a mission to make non-toxic the norm, and it really drives her every day to do what she does. And you guys need to check out her blog, The New New. It's N-E-W. and she has so many great resources and she really got into this clean beauty space after her son Quinn was diagnosed with eczema and they kept doing steroid cream after steroid cream and she really wanted a deeper root cause approach so she really got into some holistic remedies and got her son doing a lot better and that kind of fueled her passion for this clean beauty space and today's conversation is really around moving our diet. Dialogue from anti aging to more aging gracefully. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know that I am done using the words anti aging. I really believe aging is a gift, but we also know our quality of life, our longevity, how we feel, both about ourselves internally and externally. So we are not uh, denying the benefit of confidence and feeling beautiful. But we really want in this episode for you guys to think about what is beauty? Why do we classify as a society of beauty? Maybe for Lisa, for example, going gray has become such a part of her journey and her beauty and her glowing. She has created a Facebook group, which we'll hear more about, of over 20,000 women wanting to go gray. And that for her was her first step in really embracing the aging process and really avoiding some of these dyes and chemicals that she was putting on her hair and her scalp every four weeks. So, this episode is going to give you a lot of tips and tricks on kind of clean beauty. What are some things we can do to support the natural aging process to keep our confidence up, to keep us feeling beautiful, but maybe to think about it in a different way. And there is no right or wrong answer. If you are dying your hair, this is not to shame you. If you are getting Botox or fillers or whatever makes you feel beautiful, this is not about shaming that. It's just about giving a different perspective on natural beauty and helping us age gracefully and knowing there's alternative ways and we as a culture and as people can identify what beauty is it is not a specific look and I hope you get some key takeaways during this episode so thank you guys for tuning into the little by podcast and as always reach out if you have any questions and uh, without further ado let's get into the episode What got you into this mindset of kind of aging naturally and uh, really kind of getting into the clean beauty space and going gray?
1: Yeah, it was really honestly just like a blindfolded jump off of a cliff. I honestly didn't have really a lot of intention behind it. I got to a point in my life where I was dying my hair every four weeks. That was getting frustrating. I really wanted to find a better organic hair dye because no matter what the packaging says... If it says it's organic hair dye, it's not because the active ingredients in hair dye are the ones that are um, creating health risks for people. Um, And so then when people say it's organic, it's like the additional ingredients that don't really like do much, you know? So it's like really tricky marketing. So I was trying to find a better hair dye for myself and I found hair print, which is which was an option for me for about a year and a half, but it was a DIY thing. I was at home. I was getting frustrated with that. So then I just dawned on me one day. I'm like, you know what? What if I went gray? And I was like, no, that's crazy. And then I mentioned it to my husband and he was like, Yeah, I think you really should. And I'm like, what? So then I just like I did it and I and I was really scary and I didn't know if I was gonna like it and um I think what was really specifically helpful for me in this situation where I was in is like I was talking about it with a community online that I had built and people were encouraging me along the way I think this can be a really isolating experience and I think when you do it alone it seems even more scary but if I'm like hey, I'm announcing I'm going to do this scary thing and I'm just going to see what happens. And people are cheerleading you. Like if you picture yourself running a marathon, it's so hard to run 26 miles. I've never done that. But you can imagine with the people on the side cheering you on, you're like, well, I can I can take one more step, you know? Yes. So I just kind of like fell into it. And then once I got to the other side, I'm like, oh, it really wasn't that bad or that hard. So I don't think my situation or my experience maybe is parallel with most people's situations because i was doing it publicly but for sure the things that i learned in the end is the things that make it easier is to find community find support find inspiration change your reality so that you are now seeing people with gray hair as a normal part of life so that looks like following people on facebook so now when you're like Scrolling through Facebook, you see your best friend's wedding, you see your niece at their kindergarten graduation, and then you see a woman with gray hair. You know, like, do those things to actually alternate your reality. And then having gray hair all of a sudden kind of becomes more and more normal. Those are the things that kind of, like, really helped me.
0: Did you... You had a lot of cheerleaders in the kind of social media space for you. Did you have any haters or any surprising comments that were said to you? Were you ever like, wow, I'm like really surprised that they had the confidence to say that to me?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because I was like, oh, guys, I am. I think I'm going to go gray. And everybody's like, do it. And then, you know, hundreds of people were like, do it. And this one girl was like, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, I still remember that comment to this day. (laughs) Hundreds of people are telling me to go for it. One person says don't. And that resonates with me. I think that's just human, right? Because it's speaking directly to an insecurity and it's highlighting that insecurity inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so um that I remember and then also, you know, when I first started doing it, I had a family member say, you know, like, "Oh. Oh no, actually, this was towards the end. He he said to me, "I actually didn't think it was going to look good, but it looks really good." And it was kind of <laughs> like a backhanded compliment. Like I was like, "Yeah." Um and so like l- little things like that, but really more so it was like, "Oh, I've actually said rude things to people in my life. Like I, when my mom stopped dying her hair, I was like, mom, don't do that. Like, just, you know, don't like, I was like, literally, do you want me to do it at home? Like, I can help you. Like, don't stop dying your hair. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that to my own mother
0: you know? <laughs> well, I know it's really interesting because I feel like people are very sensitive about certain things. Like, you know, if somebody's gained a bunch of weight, like people are not normally going to go up and be like, Hey, you've really put on a ton of weight. Um, like it's kind of the sensitive thing, but where it's something we can control. Like I know my husband during the pandemic got this disgusting, gross, long beard. And that is obviously something he can control, right? He can just like buzz his beard off. And people had such polarizing opinions on this beard. The guys would be be like, bro, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And women would come up to him and be like, that is disgusting. Like you need to trim it. And so it's really interesting to me when it's certain things that we do have control over, like dyeing your hair that I think a lot of people have, I don't know if it's confidence or they feel okay saying like, Hey, are you going to dye your hair again? Or Hey. Um, so I was curious if you got some of those like more, uh, opposing comments, or if it was more people just cheering you on, because I know that, my opinion has changed around gray hair ever since becoming friends with Lisa. I think there's so much wisdom and beauty in that aging process. And um, some people gray, Lisa, when did you get your first gray hair? Would you remember?
1: Yeah, like 18 or 19. I mean really young.
0: Yeah. Cause I was gonna say I know so many of my patients have come in too, and like we're starting to see a lot more premature graying in teen years, right? Um, so that can be a really hard concept when you're not in your forties or fifties starting to go gray. Um, so I just, again, love that you've embraced that. And I think that we talk about this gray hair so much, cause it's not just about the gray hair, right? It's the bigger picture of letting your body have its natural beauty, right? And not trying to be something we're not, whether it is for somebody hair dyeing or whether it is Botox or fillers or, you know, just this concept of like, what have we told ourselves as a society is beautiful. And so I think that's a big thing of why I care about this for you is it's not just about the gray hair, right? It's this bigger concept of, I'm not going to dye my hair every four weeks. I'm going to embrace the natural aging process that my body is going through.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting because um when you think about growing gray before you've ever done it, I can I can tap back into those feelings. You just think it's a physical change. Like, okay, well, I just have to let my hair go from dyed to gray and that's it. But really the transformation happens internally because we're working through these um constructs that we have in our head that gray hair is ugly, gray hair makes you look older, gray hair it makes you look like crumpy or whatever, that you're letting go of something. And you In working through those and getting challenged by that every day when you look in the mirror, it's just, it's a constant butting up against those constructions to the point where you get to the end or somewhere in the middle, like things start to change and you're like, wow, I actually kind of like this. And then those constructions get smaller and then the self-positive talk gets louder and that takes it's like gestation. It takes nine months to get there. Mm-hmm. It's a very slow process and it's fear-based at the beginning. But by the time you get to the end, it's really such self-empowerment and to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, wow, I actually I literally love the way my hair looks. And I would tell you to the day that I dyed that before I did this, I would I was the person that was gonna dye my hair to the to the end. Like I there's no way I would have gray hair. I I thought it was ugly, you know. And then so now I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I look at before pictures. I'm like, that to me now is ugly. And even then, like, I don't think ugly is the right word, but like, that's just the, those are the words that pop into my head. But I know that's not really the way we should even be talking about it. Right. Talking about it. But like, what I see now is like lighter hair against my skin makes my complexion shine. Like it's, it's naturally more beautiful to me in my eyes when i see kind of what my whole face and hair looks like together at this point in time
0: has it dominoed for you into other things like was the going gray the first thing and then was it like did it, it turn into other things in this kind of conversation around aging gracefully or were you somebody that never really was tempted to do botox and fillers and kind of changing the the way our face was designed like was that ever a thought that you had or was it an easy yeah. thing for you
1: i think really like the the biggest surprise was going from very anti not going gray, right? Like I was like, I'll never stop dyeing my hair. Like I need to do this. It's just who I am. And that's the way I want to look to going to 180 degrees on the opposite end of that spectrum to being like, I will never dye my hair again. I love the way I look. And I'm just like, How can you literally change your, a humongous paradigm shift, one of the biggest ones I've ever experienced in my life from something that was such absolute truth to me, I would look ugly with gray hair to become, I look beautiful with gray hair, like now that's my self-talk. How does that happen? Like, it was just like mind blowing, like this this just change in energy, change in attitude, change in self-confidence. And it just made me wonder, where else is that happening in my life? Where else am I 100% blind To a truth or reality that could be mine if I were to invite it in.
0: I love that. I love that. And I think this is one of those things I think of for everybody. It's over time, our perception changes. Like, even thinking about things that are totally unrelated to this, like our taste, right? Like, I always talk about foods with people. I'm like, if you just keep trying some of these healthy foods little by little, you're going to grow to a place where you love healthy food. Like, it's, such a silly analogy, but I think of olives. Like I always hated olives my whole life. I knew olives were good for me. I kept trying olives and trying olives. And now I'm like, I crave and love olives. And it's mm-hmm. like we know as human beings we can change, right? Our perception can change. Our viewpoints can change. The what we consider to be beautiful can change as you are describing. Um and I do think it is it's it's such a domino effect because we don't want to have this conversation being around where hey, we want to like really let ourselves go. And Lisa has done the exact opposite of that. And that's what I also want to talk about is like she has really from the inside out made herself healthier and more beautiful over the years through. And I know Lisa on our last podcast together, we talked about what got you into clean beauty with your son and the eczema and just kind of even thinking about like clean water and uh, better quality deodorant and knowing the ingredients we're putting on our body and in our body and the impact that's made and how your skin looks. Lisa posted Mm -hmm. this picture of herself and I don't, was it when you got married and now? Oh yeah.
1: That was that 10 year challenge.
0: Yeah, so she posted this picture of ten years, and it's like in the ten years, you have shown this aging gracefully without Botox and fillers and hair dye. And so I think though it's just we we can change what our perception is, and we can do so much to feel beautiful because I think that is a key component in this conversation. Is like we all want to have confidence and we all want to feel good about who we are. But what is beautiful and what is aging gracefully? Uh, so I just I loved your ten year challenge.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think it's one of those things. Where, like, if it's going to be helpful to listeners, this conversation, it's like we could talk all day long about this, and that will never help help you. Like, what's going to help is to actually put one foot in front of the other and take a risk. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to try something new, and see where that takes me. How am I going to feel on the other side? Promise yourself that you're going to commit to it. Commit to it. Do it. See if it's helpful. If it's not, abandon abandon ship. Like, it's like you don't. Nothing's forever. But like. I love that quote from Marie Orleo. She says, Clarity comes from action. Clarity does not come from inaction. You know, so you just have to like get out and start trying things. Right now, I think what's really important to me at this stage of my life, I've committed to weightlifting two times a week and I love it. I think the reason why, by the way, I've always hated it, but the reason why I love it right now is because it's only 30 minutes. I go in, somebody shows me what to do, I do it and I leave. It's just like the least hardest thing I've ever done, even though it's keeping my body strong. And I want to do that now because I'm 45 and I want to be able to play and live and like be with my family until I'm 95. I have a 95 year old grandmother who is still living, but she's been living in a bed with no legs. She had to have both legs amputated from diabetes over the past 10 years. And she just, I don't honestly know why she's still alive, but just like zero quality of life. And I just, I think when you get to a certain point, you're just like, that's not going to be me. So I'm going to move. Like I play tennis 3 times a week. I lift weights twice. You know, I try to eat as healthy as possible, but I don't, right? Like I I mean honestly, I do the best that I can, but there's always just, you know, it's going to have it's life, it's going to happen. So
0: Well, Um, and that's what I talk about a lot, even like with Stat Wellness's logo, that W, you know, it's the mind, body, spirit in the center of that triangle. And there's a gap, meaning there's room for improvement in us all. And that's like a big thing Lisa and I are both big on is these like little by little, little becomes a lot. How can we fit it into our day to day life, right? Like, nothing we talk about should feel like you can't do it or that you have to take this like ginormous leap, right? Like for Lisa, it was like, I'm going to start not dyeing my hair. I'm going to see what it's like growing it out. Like, I'm sure at any point if she needed to jump ship, she could like, these are not permanent decisions, but I think it's that bigger picture of what is your why? Like, why are you going for 30 minutes? It's like you saw your grandma, like she is living a full life, 95 years old, but she is bedridden. Right. And So I think that it it is little by little, little becomes a lot and it is about balance. And for some people, I talk with my patients and you said earlier in this conversation, it's not black and white. And I think that's very true. So some people listening to this may completely disagree and want to keep dyeing their hair or um, doing Botox or whatever it may be. And there is not right or wrong. It's what works for you right now. And I always talk about like, what is in your bucket, right? Like there may be somebody that really really embraces healthy eating and good hydration and they're aware of some of their toxic exposure in other places and they are like I really feel beautiful when I dye my hair it makes my day to go get my hair dyed and they have mm-hmm. other areas right it's like it's it's a balance right this is a conversation and you have to figure out what works for you
1: yeah i think an important marker that i want to make too is just like i'm 45 i'm not 65 I'm not 75. Like I also am aware of this conversation and I want to create space for myself when I'm older. Like if when I hit 65, if I decide I want to get some Botox, like I don't want to be shamed into that. I want to have a full option. Like I want to do what feels good to me in that moment. And what's going to give me light inside my body and give me confidence to like move in this space where I feel good. I have a friend who's 52. She gets a tiny bit of Botox done um, like two or three times a, a year and, You would never know it. She looks beautiful. Like, she has smile lines. She has wrinkles around her eyes. But I'm just like, is that right or wrong? No, like, I don't, I'm not here to tell somebody, like, like evangelize stop dyeing your hair definitely don't do botox and fillers but i think really the conversation is it needs to happen within you Mm -hmm. it's about finding self-confidence self-worth it's about taking control of your life and actually making decisions that are going to benefit you as a person how can you live the biggest version and the most foolish expression of yourself how can you scaffold your life so that you can just like beam left and right and everywhere you want to go You know.
0: Yes. Yes. And understanding that it's not one thing that brings on happiness or brings on confidence or beauty, right? Like it's not just yeah. one decision. It's so, so many different things. And but, that's also something I wanted to chat with you about is it, cause Lisa, I think is just one of the most beautiful people in the world is what are some of the things that you have found like has really made the biggest difference when you think about like your skin quality and hydration and just has there been some lessons or things that you found that have been really impactful for you in the natural beauty, aging gracefully space?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I was actually just I was looking at my um, a photo of myself from seven years ago, which is basically when I got into clean beauty, and oh my goodness, my skin looks so different. And I in, in given the time frame of seven years, so you wouldn't be able to see a difference in six months, maybe a year, two years, who knows? But like the fact that I've been treating my skin this way for seven years now, I can look back and like, wow, like I had so much hyperpigmentation. I had so much, I even had more fine lines seven years ago than I do now. And like the things that I do differently or that I have been doing differently for the past seven years, number one overall, ladies and gents, take notes. (laughs) Oil cleansing is the shit. Like you can't, don't clean your face with soap because what happens is you t- strip all those oils from your face and your face gets drier and then you get wrinkles like it's just you get older your cells get drier you get wrinkles like that's just the formula to how you get wrinkles and here we are talking about being pro aging and here i am now saying oh to stop getting wrinkles do this right so it's very kind of an interesting conversation that's why i say like i'm pro i'm pro aging but i'm like i also am pro looking the best version of myself right so it's like doesn't mean pro-aging is like throw in the towel don't take care of your skin like no because so um if you cleanse your face with an oil it actually takes off all the grime junk because like attracts like you know like osmosis how water would like attract itself so that all of that oil would take off the grime the makeup everything and um You can like wipe it down with like a a warm cloth and it's just like the most beautiful experience and it keeps skin supple, um, hydrated, It retains the natural oils. It's just like one of the best things I've ever done.
0: I started Um, doing this because of you. You did? Yes. Yeah. And it's amazing, right? And I send, Lisa has a really, really great article on her website. And I literally like copy and paste it to so many of my patients. Because I think the biggest thing my patients tell me, because like a lot of my patients even deal with really like combination skin. So they have a lot of dryness, but then they're also oily. And so they're very afraid to cleanse their face with oil. And they're worried they're going to break out. They're worried they're going to get cystic acne and clog their pores. And I'm always like, just read this article by Lisa. And I know for me, I have not broken out at all through this process. I know you've talked with a lot of people about the oil cleansing. Is there any is there any truth in that fear that they could develop acne or is that just a myth?
1: Um I don't think so. Of course I can't represent every skin type here, but what happens is if you keep stripping the oils from your face with like foaming soap, you're putting your sebaceous glands into, like, overdrive. I know, like, if you over-shampoo your hair, you're just going to make more oil, right? So now your, your body's just like, I need to make more oil to, like, keep the balance in your skin. But if you don't, if you calm that process and just say, here's all the oil you need, then your body's like, okay. It actually, I used to have combo skin. I had an oily T-zone, dry flakiness on my cheeks and, like, underneath my nose. And, like, I started oil cleansing and it balanced out. That was my experience.
0: Is there a... And, like,
1: on... Yeah, go ahead.
0: Is there some specific, like, is do you can use any kind of oil or have you found jojoba oil or olive oil? Is there, do you have some specific oils that are your favorite?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go budget, you could use jojoba oil. You can get a glass jar of jojoba oil that's organic on Amazon um, and use that. It's not my favorite because. The ones that are formulated are formulated, for example, like I love Leolani's mousse and it smells so good, but it's formulated to rinse off with water. So, like, it's just a, such a lovely experience because you can um, oil your face down and you can massage, which if you take a few minutes to help massage the oil, in, that also helps to, like, even out, um, you know, wrinkles and just, like, massage the the muscles in your face to help them relax. It just is a moment of just bliss for me personally, but then you can like just splash water in your face and the oil just comes off. You don't even have to use a cloth. So like if you want to go high end, you get like the benefits of that, but you can also go low end too. You could even use like olive oil if you wanted to. I'm going to I want to do it twice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The yes I, mousse. Yeah. It's so good.
0: Well, I'm going to make sure I get that link and share that in the show notes for people that uh, want to try that because I need to get it myself. Uh,
1: yeah. So you had asked, so I have four things. So um, the oil cleansing is just like, wow, really skin changing. I've also learned that retinol really works. Um, and I've taken, you know, tried products, 30-day pictures before and after. I can see a difference. Um, hydration is a must. And I joke around all the time saying, like, I get my hydration from, like, my face masks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't <laughs> drink my hydration. I just, like, get it from my face <laughs> But like it, but for example, like I use these eye masks, those under eye masks, those like silicone ones, and like I'll have like dark circles, you know, if I see it up too late or something, I'll put those on, and that that dark blue circle is like sometimes related to dehydration, and I put those up for twenty minutes, take them off, like they're gone. I mean, talk about being able to actually see a difference right away—it's just amazing. Um, and then exfoliation is everything. Like you don't want to over exfoliate, but like. You know, if you can work exfoliation in a couple times a month, it just really makes a difference.
0: And then is that your whole body? Are you like a big exfoliate your whole body or more are you talking about your face?
1: your face. I mean, yeah, exfoliation would be helpful to your whole body,
0: but I don't have time for all that. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite exfoliant? Is it, do you use like a sea salt or a coffee or what kind of exfoliant? Yeah. Use? So
1: there's like different types of exfoliants you can use. You could use like an acid-based exfoliant, which would just be, um, sometimes you can get like fruit based acids or sometimes you could go just, I mean, that's a whole one where it's not going to be like gritty. Cause like typically people my age think about exfoliation. They think about like St. Ives you know apricot scrub yep. you definitely don't want to use that that's going to like tear your pores open but i do personally love like that gritty experience and so the exfoliation i use right now and that i'm loving is called brand new day by one love organics and so you can put that on you can let it sit for like 5 minutes as it kind of like helps to chemically remove some of your cells. And then it has a little bit of a micro grit to it. And then you just rub it in and rinse it off. It's just wonderful.
0: And do you use your retinol? How often do you use that? A few times a night? I mean, a few times a week? Or are you using it every day?
1: Yeah. So because I blog about this stuff, usually I'm using it every single day for a period of time to see like, does it work? And I'm taking before and after pictures. But if I'm just... And the thing is, that's just my life. Like, If I'm not testing something, I'm testing something else. But if I had my own space to just use my skincare the way I wanted to, I would probably use it like every other night. And the thing is that retinol can be formulated at different percentages. So it's really just... If you use it and then all of a sudden every day and then after a week, you're like, oh, my skin actually feels dry, tight. I don't like this. It feels irritated. Just back off. Try every other night or try every third night. And... The, the variables in that equation are your specific skin type and also the strength of the retinol. So like some of the strongest retinols I've tried in Clean Beauty is Marie Veronique's new retinol. That was, I saw I saw a difference in that very quickly on my skin. And then also Maya Chia's the straight A. I saw I can see a difference in my skin very quickly after using that one as well.
0: I love Maya Chia products. So good. I need to try that one. So I'll also link those. Um, Is there a percentage that you recommend aiming for? Because I think one of the things when it comes to some of these products is they can put these buzzwords like retinol on there. And then it's, I know you've taught me like some of these like plant retinols are not really the retinol that's going to impact the skin, like where you see the biggest difference. I think, was that one of the products that you were like, yes, that's a kind of inactive retinol. Is that correct terminology or how do you describe that?
1: like the marketing like there's marketing that people do is like it's plant-based retinol or it's you know that's usually what they say bio-based retinol or something but it's not retinol it's just plant actives that show similar results to what a retinol would do on your skin but my personal experience these plant-based actives don't work as fast or as effectively as actual retinol does and i'm super extra so like i just want results yesterday right so i usually go for the retinol <laughs> itself
0: is there a percentage you aim for like is there oh. a percentage that would be too low you know interesting
1: because some companies won't disclose that information because it's like that's my formula and i don't want somebody to copy it but then some of the companies do like there's one company called common air they have a retinol and it's co- and it's like 0.2%. They put the percentage like right on the front of the packaging and that works for me as well. So I I honestly I don't have enough knowledge like I'm not a cosmetic chemist to be like okay, well you need a minimum of this to actually see what it works but um I also know some companies won't disclose that mm-hmm. information as well. So it makes it hard to kind of like pinpoint that.
0: Well, and that's how we need people like you that try it out and then tell us which one works the well, best. So that Hopefully
1: with with AI we won't get squeezed out these little bloggers.
0: Oh, I know. AI, that yeah. conversation. It's yeah, that I get asked questions about AI all the time. Um, but I think people still love human perspective. Like I that's the feedback I've gotten and people, I have some friends that are writing books and they're like, "Should I put on the cover of the book like written by a human?" Like why mm-hmm. does that feel like we need to put that on a book, right? But that is kind of yeah. the day and age we're in. Um, so That, I definitely, the oil pooling, the hydrating, the retinol, some gentle exfoliation, those have been key things that you found that have really helped you kind of age gracefully and see positive transformations in yourself in seven years, not doing Botox and fillers and, you know, trying to age gracefully versus halting or doing, you know, that anti-aging concepts. Is there anything else that you feel like you could absolutely not live without? Like if you were like stuck on an island and you could only have one beauty product with you, would it be retinol?
1: Interesting. Well, if we're talking practically speaking, Kristen, it would probably be some sort of an oil that I could wash my face with with, and then also use the same oil to moisturize my face with. You know what I mean? Like practically speaking, if I really only had one product, I'm like, well, I'd want one that I could actually use in multiple ways. Yes. Yes. But, but you know, for this concept, if it's just like, okay, well, what's your favorite overall? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. But I think like a retinol-based pro- product for me is just, that's the one where I've been able to kind of see the most results. Like retinol just advances sc- cellular turnover. So you're just going to get new cell production faster. And honestly, it does like reduce wrinkles and it does even skin tone and it does these things that as we get older naturally happen. So, um, that's what I, I've, I've been, I love it. I use it. And is there, I actually have so much of it that sometimes I use the extra like on my body. I mean, it's excessive.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, you also taught me when we talk about like taking care of our face, we have to go all the way down to like past our clavicle, right? Like, I mean, it's like your chest and your neck, like all of that.
1: Yeah, like I have a couple of friends that are maybe like 10 years older than me. they're like, oh, I wish I didn't ignore my neck like for so long. I'm like, yeah, actually, I actually think I ignore my neck. So I was like, I, yeah, PSA to all the younger ladies and gents out there.
0: Yes. Well, it's just so reassuring to you know think that there's things that we can do to help keep this natural beauty and help us feel confident and good about our skin and our hair and the way we feel like inside and outside and that these things can really make a big difference and that there is other solutions out there if it's a direction you want to move. And Lisa, if this is a conversation that you guys are really interested in and you really want to know, Lisa researches her products that she uses in depth. I know when Lisa says this product is good, it's not only good, it works, but it's also very clean. And so I send a lot of people, are you still having the, um, do you, can you sign up for your emails and get the handout of like certain ingredients that you recommend always staying away from, or do you have access to that?
1: Oh yeah. That's just published on our website. So you would go to the new, new new.com and it's called the no thanks list. You can just search for it in the toolbar.
0: That is like my favorite resource. I have a lot of my patients go and pull that out too because it's so hard. It's so hard to know, you know, what should we put on our body, what should we not. And then chemists are very smart, brands are very smart. So when the word gets out about one product, they like slightly switch the chemistry, and then it's a different word. Um, obviously, Lisa, your website is such a great tool. Is there any other like apps or things that you would leave our listeners with as? Resources? Like, do you think Environmental Working Group is a good database? Is skin deep, like any of those things good sources? Or do you find that, you know, they're financially driven and maybe not the best resources?
1: Yeah, interesting question. So, I think very broad picture. This is the way I like to answer that question. If you walk into a Target, for example, and you're deciding between a product that has no third party verification and a product that has a third party verification, like EWG made safe, um, USDA certified organic. That third party ver- verified product is always going to be a better option. Mm-hmm. That's like the simplest way to say it. Why? Because you're not just trusting the brand to tell you that the brand's product is the best product. Right. You're, you're you're you have somebody else, an outsider, looking at that product, saying, "Yes, this product is what they say it is."
0: I it's the same way I feel about organic. I'm like, you know, everything that's organic is not necessarily good for us, but I at least know that it's gone through extra testing, you know, to get that yeah. organic stamp on it. So it just I I appreciate a lot of these things that are out there now to kind of simplify us walking up and down the aisle because there is a lot yeah. of marketing and misinformation out there.
1: The one caveat I will add to that, which I think a lot of people get confused on because of marketing is people will say, "Oh, this product's vegan. Oh, this product's cruelty-free." oh, this product is Leaping Bunny certified. Like that's not necessarily quote unquote clean beauty. Like you could have the dirtiest product in the world and also
0: have it be vegan. Right, right. Yes, yes. And that is, you know, the companies are really good at kind of pulling our emotions Mm -hmm. in. Well, I really appreciate you being on here, Lisa. This is such a great conversation and I just admire all that you have done in the natural beauty space and the awareness you've spread and the confidence that you've exuded for people to kind of be themselves, be their true version of beauty. And so, you know, there's no wrong approach. There's no right approach. You guys have to do what's best for you. But I just wanted to have Lisa come on here as a different perspective of just embracing the aging process and, um, you know, really getting herself beautiful from the inside out. So thank you, Lisa.
1: You're welcome. I just, I'll just, in conclusion, add that if anybody wants to find a place to get supported through their going gray journey, find us on Facebook. It's called the Gray Book, and it's a private group of, with over twenty thousand women, and we're all waiting to
0: support you through your journey. So come join us. Twenty thousand women. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's such a great group too. Everybody's so encouraging and just positive. And oh my gosh, you could post a picture of yourself and say like, I'm feeling really insecure today. And I've seen 500 comments on a photo. And it makes me cry because I'm just like, this is just so wonderful. (laughs) So encouraging.
0: I just love that so much. What a reach that you've created. 20,000 people ready to support you guys. Uh, Yep. That is phenomenal. Well, I will link to that as well for the people that want to join that closed Facebook group. And then I will link some of the products that we talked about. Because I know if Lisa likes them, they are going to be amazing products. And remember to go to her website, The Nunu. It is just a wealth of information, her blogs, her articles, um, get the no thanks list. That is like a great starting off place. So I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming back on the little by podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Kristen.
0: All right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. And as always remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stout Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.